Kia ora koutou and welcome to this Auckland Libraries podcast. The talks in this series were originally to be delivered as live events as part of the Auckland Heritage Festival. Today's speaker is historian Lisa Trudman. Lisa is a regular speaker for Auckland Libraries, generously sharing her research and knowledge, especially during the Auckland Heritage Festival every year. She is currently the president of the New Zealand History Federation and belongs to several history and heritage societies. She's also an author, writing and editing for several journals and newsletters. Lisa also shares her research on her blog, Time Spanner. The following talk was originally to be presented at the Ipsum Library as part of the Auckland Heritage Festival 2020. Even after it was ravaged by time, the remains of William Mason's windmill caught the imagination of photographers, poets and visitors to the St Andrews Road Ridge in the first half of last century. Join Lisa as she uncovers the history of this early windmill, which produced some of the city's first flower when the winds were blowing. Also, she shares stories of the later owners up to the mill's demolition. On the St Andrews Road Ridge, above today's Windmill Park on the Epsom Mount Eden border, on a site now covered by the houses and yards of Auckland suburbia, lies the site of the first mill to grind the wheat for farmers for miles around. In 1843, while wheat was being grown abundantly in Epsom at that time, there was no mill to process the wheat into flour. By January 1844, however, architect William Mason arranged for millwright Joseph Lowe to build a wind-powered flour mill for him on a stony ridge of land he owned in the district, sited on what is now the boundary between 27 and 29 St Andrews Road. This was to be the first flour mill in Auckland, but soon proved too small for the demands of neighbouring farmers. Mason was a man of his time. In 1838, desiring, in the words of his obituary, to assist in building up the colonial empire of Great Britain, he had sailed with his wife and six-year-old son to New South Wales. There he worked with Mortimer Lewis, the colonial architect. Mason arrived at the Bay of Islands on the 17th of March, 1840. He was a member of the founding party, which arrived on the site of Auckland on the 16th of September 1840 and was responsible for providing shelter and workplaces for the officers and mechanics and for unloading and assembling the prefabricated government house sent from England. The first Auckland land sale was held in this building with Mason as the auctioneer. In July 1841, Mason resigned his position because it offered little scope for architecture and instead entered a three-year partnership with Thomas Payton in a business which combined land sales with architectural services. His St Paul's Church, Emily Place, his association with Bishop G.A. Selwyn and his involvement as a director of the first Auckland newspaper belonged to this period. Both partners took up land at Epsom where Mason built his flour mill and began farming, which remained an intermittent activity throughout his life. He died in Dunedin in 1897. Back in 1845, Mason leased the Eden Mill, as it was then known, to the partners Spencer and Dixon, who upgraded the machinery. The mill and surrounding property was sold outright in 1847, and it was then run by Charles Frederick Partington and James Bycroft. 
the mill would come to be closely associated in the public mind with Bycroft well into the 20th century. Charles Partington left the mill in 1850 to build his own just off Simon Street, which in time became much more famous than the half-forgotten Epsom Mill. Bycroft bought the Epsom property in 1852, and both he and Captain James Stone used it briefly as a bone mill from 1859 to around the early 1860s. Then Bycroft shifted to Onihanga, operating a bone mill near the slaughterhouses, then back to a flour mill, then set up business in Queen Street, and the famous business went from there. Captain James Stone, and yes, his first name was Captain, was the name, it, was, it was the name he was christened on the 26th of January 1817 in Stepney, London. He and his wife lived in Mount Albert, Auckland. He was a wealthy merchant and landowner. His company, C.J. Stone and Son, was a large shipping business with shares in the Auckland-built steamship Governor Winyard. He died in 1885. The mill was next owned by farmer Robert Robertson from 1869, who used the remains of the mill as a dairy. The sails would have disappeared around this time, leaving only the stone tower familiar to many in the area. He died in 1893, and his daughter died in 1907. Meanwhile, for the rest of Mason's property, there was a dispute whether the reserve land would be run by the Mount Eden Domain Board or the Epsom Road Board. In the end, it became known as the Mount Eden Epsom Domain to keep the peace. From 1917, with the amalgamation of Epsom with Auckland City, the domain below was now shared between the city and Mount Eden Borough Council. The old domain below was renamed Windmill Park in 1992. Back to 1907, with the death of Joanna Catherine Robertson, the old mill was inherited by her nephew, Thomas Fordyce, an Epsom builder. He died at his Balmoral home in 1932, aged 73. He was a foundation member of the Auckland Master Builders Association. The site of the mill would remain with the Fordyce family until 1948. It was considered a danger to the public from the 1930s, but was finally demolished in 1953 during subdivision and development of the property. The mill has inspired artists over the years and also at least one poet, E. Rendell of Mount Eden. His work published October 1930 in the Auckland Star. On the ridge, they built the mill so that winds that swept the hill could lift the sails and keep them going. Turn the mill within the tower, grind the good grain hour by hour, the yield from new lands cleared for sowing. The little township must be fed, flour was wanted for the bread, the mill ground when the winds were blowing. Seasons passed and now the mill, ivy-covered, looked down still upon the rock-strewn valley, lending to the rough scene charm and grace. As the sails with measured pace, the skyline crossed in chain unending, till at length there shone below, here and there a window glow and smoke from evening fires ascending. On the ridge the old mill stands, seeming smaller as the lands are now a city suburb growing. Closer still the rough stones cling, weathering what the seasons bring, a rusty gold the walls are showing. On the edge against the sky, blackened grass stalks lean awry, no sails are there, though winds are blowing. This I know at midnight hour, when the winds beat round the tower, there comes the sound of long sails winding. Their familiar urge and strain sets the old mill's heart again to grinding, very slowly grinding. The little township must be fed, this the flour for next day's bread, and lo, all around the city lights are shining.
You've been listening to an Auckland Libraries podcast. You can find further information on our page at SoundCloud or see the Auckland Libraries website.